Hello, everybody, and welcome to the JC and Bill Sportscast, where we are recording while there's sports going on. Can you believe that, JC? I can't believe that. I got the CFL on with Stamps and the Argos going on. We got the Rays and the Astros going on. We got some college football going on. It's great. Yeah, I've got uh, NC State and Clemson on at the moment, and then I got the Mets and the Braves on the other channel uh, ready to go when uh, they go to a break here. But um, it has been a very interesting week in sports, and that's putting it very mildly. (laughs) I would say. um, Because there's been so much news, and all of it has been newsworthy uh, the last several days, especially the last three days, including today. Um, because we've got the NFL, we've got Major League Baseball, we've got college football, uh, the hockey season's going to begin shortly, and the NBA's going to start their preseason real soon. So we're really into a magical time of the year where all four sports, all four major sports are going on at the same time, and it's, it's just so lovely. <laughs> Yeah, plus college. October is one of the best months for sports. Mm-hmm. Might be the highest divorce rate as well for sports. <laughs> if you if you ever heard uh, my wrestling podcast with DK, we've given you all marriage advice. Do not ever get married on Super Bowl weekend or WrestleMania weekend. It will end in a divorce. Yes, it, it will. It, and, and it actually has happened in my family, but that's another story for another time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, all right. Uh, we've got the wheel. We could go so many ways. Where do we want to start? Well, we want Dr. Bill's opinion on what happened Sunday and then Thursday. Oh, man. Dr. That's Bill. That's the biggest discussion I think we got going on right now. Well, I tell you, it's been a while since anyone's called me. Um, Oprah's dumped me because, you know, I haven't been making the money like that cheapskate Dr. Phil has. Um, <laughs> okay. So, yeah, let, okay, that's a good that's a good place to start. Because I did not see the game on Sunday with the Bills and the Dolphins because I had the Commanders and Eagles game on. I It, it, it sounded good when it was hap- or going to happen last week. and So I've seen the, the play from Sunday uh, yeah. where Tua fell backward, hit his head, and it seemed like he rushed himself to get up more than anything else. That was the first thing I noticed. Then he goes down on one knee and he goes to the locker room. And, and then like, I find out, you know, uh, that, that I, that he came back. Now my dad was actually, watching that game because he took my nephew to a birthday party and all the guys were watching the Bills Dolphins game. Um but I will just say this right off the bat. He should have not 
gone back in that game. I don't care if he cleared every test, every protocol, every whatever. He should not have gone back in that game. Because if you watch the video of the way his head bounced, and it bounced, it, it wasn't... It wasn't like you fall and it just stops. It bounced. It was almost like a basketball, the way his head hit. I would not have let him go back in. So then I watched the Thursday night game. And I, and I actually do watch it because my dad wanted to see the game. And uh, my brother-in-law... He hung out with us. He's not a sports... I mean, he's not really into football or any sports for that matter. But, you know, he likes to hang out with us. So, you know, no problem there. Yep. Then we see, after watching John Wayne trailers, and one of which where he hits a woman... Go look it up, folks. It's... uh, You won't believe it. Um. Okay, sorry. I, I had to put that in. That is part of my story. But So... The play happens, and he doesn't get up. And it's like, well, okay, well, what happened? And then you see the replay. And honest to God, JC, it looked like nothing actually happened. Like, nobody, nobody hit him in the head. Nobody dropped him on his head. He didn't land awkwardly. It was as if he was in a paralysis, like almost like paralyzed for a few minutes. And the moment that I knew he was in trouble was when they showed the replay and his index finger is bent in a way that fingers should not be bent. Yeah. And, you know, I've... I've witnessed, in my times when I was teaching, I've witnessed people having seizures. That was not the thought that I had in my mind that, oh my God, this guy's going into a seizure. But when I saw that finger bend in an, in an awkward position, I knew there was something wrong. Like, you don't have to be a neuroscientist to know, okay... There's something wrong with this guy. So they take him off the field on a cart, on a gurney, and they take him to the am or to the hospital at the university. University of Cincinnati, I should say. And they do tests. And I and I read the report again today. Because at first he was diagnosed with a concussion. Yeah. But then it was like after several hours, they were like, okay, you can go, you can leave. And then he flies home with the team. And I know, because you're going you're gonna to have your say here in a couple of minutes. That part, among other things kind of threw me off as if wait a minute you are supposed to be doctors at 
a college, Cincinnati. I, I don't know. I really don't know how well their medical facilities are in Cincinnati. So anyone in the Cincinnati area, I apologize. With that said, if a guy has a concussion four days after having another concussion, my thought is this guy's not going home tonight with a football team. I don't care how far it is. If this guy's had his second concussion in a week, this guy is staying overnight. He is staying overnight. And then if he clears, you know, the next day and he's fine to go, then okay, yeah, let him let him go home the next day, not the same night. So, with all the anger going on, where's the anger towards these doctors? Where is that? And then, you add on to the fact that the Players Association, and, and I know that's who you're going to be talking about, because we were kind of texting before we got on. Yep. They wanted an investigation immediately that Sunday. And it takes all the way to Friday to do the interviews? There's something wrong there as well. I mean, we're not talking about... I mean, they are regular people. But we're talking about a young kid. Because Tua, he's technically still a young kid. He's in his early 20s. He has an entire future ahead of him. He does. What the hell is going on with these damn doctors, not only in Miami, but also in Cincinnati? I would be very concerned about what those doctors in Cincinnati, you know, were doing. I if if I was one of his family members, I'd be like, "Wait a minute. My son just got another concussion and you're letting him out that night." There is there tell me there's something wrong there. Cuz if there isn't anything wrong, I would love to know. Cuz it just oh. doesn't make sense. And uh, you know what the weird part is of this whole thing? Is that I have two uh, in my fantasy leagues, right? A couple. Right. And he's on my bench because I have Josh Allen one, Mahomes another. His status went from healthy to questionable to doubtful to out to probable. By the fourth quarter, as he was coming back to the game in the fourth quarter, his status went back to probable. Mm, mm. If you can believe that. I, I mean, honestly, after that first half ended, I I couldn't watch the rest of that game. I could not. Yeah, it was. I watched it. I mean, it's. I had the Dolphins as my loser pick, and I had sixteen on the Bengals. But I mean, it's. I mean, we've grown up in an era where we've seen hits, we've seen guys concuss, we've seen guys come back, right? Mm-hmm. Your bell's been wrong. Especially in hockey. 
you know, things like that. But but everything's changed now, right? And it it was tough to see. I saw it and I just watched the one. I watched it live, and then after that, I just I turned around. I didn't want to see the replay. Yeah, because right? I knew he was ser- seriously hurt. And as soon as you see the hands go like that, you knew there was something going on. And it's you know, I mean, and the tackle, the tackle was. Everyone's saying, "Well, why did you just slam him to the ground?" Right? Well, you have to try. You have to tackle him. His head didn't really bounce that hard. Right. But I mean, if he's got a bruise on his brain from Sunday, of course you're going to be hurt again. I mean, it was a clean hit. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with the hit. You know, it's you're getting the guy on the on the ground, right? You mm-hmm. you grabbed him, you wrapped him, you brought him down, right? He didn't overreact on the suplex. Right, where some players pick up players that body slam them right, right. the penalty. Where this was a clean hit. There was no calls. The NFL's not even going to look at a fine or a suspension on that player. I believe it was his first sack of the of his career in the NFL. I mean so. and then uh yesterday, uh I, I mean obviously, you know, the talking heads on the sports channels were talking about this and there was one person in particular who wasn't on TV but he's an expert in concussions and I think you know where I'm going with I, I think you do I'm not really sure uh, yeah. his, his name is Chris Nowinski Chris Nowinski was a wrestler in WWE. His career ended because of a concussion. And he transitioned from being a wrestler to studying in concussions. And he has a PhD in that at at Harvard. And he put out a tweet. uh, I'm trying to find the tweet. Um, cause this was like, when I, when I saw it, it was like, he's got a very good point. Um, where, okay. So here's the tweet that he put up the day of the game. If Tua takes the field tonight, it's a massive step back for concussion care in the NFL. If he has a second concussion, that destroys his season or career. Everyone involved will be sued and should lose their jobs, coaches included. We all saw it. Even they must know this isn't right. Yeah, that's... I... You know what the thing is about it is the coaches get told he's good to go. What do you do as mm-hmm. a coach, right? Say, you know, he's good to go. You're going to put him out. The doctors have said he's good to go. As a coach, you leave him out on the out on the bench, and then you lose the game. So, well, why wasn't two in? He was healthy, right? He was classified as healthy. Right. So, as a coach, I mean, if, say, he's practicing, all of a sudden he, he kind of staggers and goes down on one knee. You're like, you know what? You're done. You're not playing. Right? Yeah. And through the game, and if you talk, if you read McDaniels and what he said, he's like, I talked to him. We talked about plays two weeks ago this week. We talked about what the game plan, right? Nothing showed that he was in a state of confusion. 
right? Where some guys who are concussed can't get up out of bed, sometimes can't talk properly, you know, do a little workout and they're on one knee. He said to him, everything looked fine. Right? The doctors, on the other hand, and one doctor, one one guy has already been released. I don't know if you read that today. Yeah, I did. Uh, they fired um, their consultant. Yeah, for that. Yeah, so he's gone, and they can fire. They can fire the consultant if they they don't need a approval from the other side. Exactly. Right, and I guess they made several mistakes, and they're talking to the team doctors. I mean, this. Now let's see. I mean, this is going to change some of the rules going forward. I mean, does Miami get fined? Do they lose a draft pick for this? But you, but you just said, and he was healthy. The, but you just said the key thing: the doctor made several yes. mistakes. Thanks. Not not a couple, not a little, yeah. several, several Thanks. mistakes. Those are the key words. I. Now, if I'm this doctor after this, I'd be concerned about losing my license. Yep. I really would. I mean, it's. If you, I forget what movie it was, but it had James Woods in there. And he was a medical doctor for the football team. Mm hmm. And how he would give shots and approve players to play when they shouldn't have been playing. And then one guy said, no, you're done. This is what's going to happen. And then the NFLPA and the NFL have said that they are going to review the protocols. There will be new protocols coming out. So if you do get hit and you're wobbly, you're done for the game. doesn't matter if you pass, you clear, you're done for the game. Mm. You know, Which will make it interesting come playoff time. Let's say if Brady gets hit like that or Rodgers gets hit like that. And the consultant says, you're done, you're done. I mean, to kind of go on to that, um, I watched earlier today the Oklahoma-TCU game, and the starting quarterback from Oklahoma took a hell of a shot to the head from a TCU player, which knocked him out of the game. He was ejected from the game. Yeah, he he was. He wasn't even targeting. He was ejected from the game. Yeah. And 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 I and I don't think he meant to do it, you know, with malice, but he just went boom, like he knocked his lights out. Yeah. I mean, now, n- thankfully, knock on wood, I've never had a concussion in my life, or at least that I know of. I've never had a concussion in my life, but. If you look into a person's eyes and they're not there, it it doesn't matter if they have a concussion or not. There's something wrong. And if there's something wrong and if you see it in their eyes, you got to take care of the situation right away. You really yeah. do. And the, and the thing with football, we've been watching it and we watch from that, uh, I know I'm going to pronounce the name wrong, but Shashir from Pittsburgh Steelers when he lowered his head. And we were all watching that game, a bunch of us. And as soon as he lowered his head, he hit, and he went down. I was like, "He's done. That's that's his career." Mm-hmm. Right? Players are lowering their head, 
we don't know what the rules are about lowering the head. It's supposed to be a penalty. I think it's still lowering the head. I think it's like if it's the crown or the front of the head. Yeah. I mean, when's it going to be that? You know what? That's it. We're done. Hell with the helmet is a is a penalty. It should be an automatic ejection, even if it was an accident. Yeah. I mean, and I was thinking about this, and maybe you're going to be in the same boat with me when I ask or when I say this. The first time I ever heard about concussions in general was when I was 10. And it wasn't football. It wasn't baseball. It was wrestling. Do you remember the angle? This is like the end of 95. Where Shawn Michaels collapses in the ring during a match. Do you remember yeah. then? And then... Yeah, I briefly remember it. And then, like, they do this whole thing of, like, oh, he has post-concussion syndrome. Obviously, you know, he didn't really, but that was the first time I'd ever heard of a concussion was when I was 10. Yeah. And now we're looking, you know, that was 1995. We're in 2022. That's almost 30 years. The number of concussions have probably have gone up. The number of careers that have ended have gone up. The number of lives that have ended has gone up. I, I mean, I hate to say this, but this is almost like cancer, AIDS, in, in which... We're trying to find the cure for concussions. Like, we know it does something with the brain, but we don't know the real severity of it. We don't know how, like, dangerous it can be. And they're working to find the cure. I don't know if you and I will ever, or anyone listening, will ever be around in our lifetime for them finding the cure for a concussion, or at least have a better understanding of concussions. They kind of have an understanding at this point in time, but I think a lot more needs to be done in general. And it can be far from sports. It can be everyday life. Yep. You can be concussed falling off your bike. You can be concussed in a car accident. I mean, it's the motion of your brain slamming up against the front of the back of your head. Mm-hmm. Right? With, I mean, if you're wearing a helmet, everything's tight. You know, that maybe absorbs that energy, and they're looking at the helmet. So equipment's gotten better. The players have gotten bigger and stronger. They've gotten now, faster. With, yeah, and we're dealing with NFL-sized football fields, just like we're dealing with NHL rinks that have not, the, the field of play has not changed. So you got these bigger players who are faster and you're still playing on ice that was designed for players who barely wore any equipment back in the day. Yeah. You know, who weren't as fast. You don't see the athletic, the athleticism as it is today. Is it time that we start maybe looking at making a bigger playing surface in hockey and in football? You know, to get so we can get guys who are faster that's 
it's going to, you're going to have less collisions. Right. You know, it's something that I think is going to have to be looked. There's a few things that are going to have to be looked at. And after Thursday night, there's going to be a lot to, that's going to be looked at. Which brings me to the NF, to brings me to the NFLPA. And as far as I'm concerned, what I read from the NFLPA this week, I'm going to call them on it because not once have they ever cared about their players. Mm-hmm. Because when you sell perfect, who was out there running around, took out Brown, took out Doyle, and you have the union trying to defend them, when is enough is is enough that the union says, you know what, you're done, you're out of the union for hurting our other other players with illegal cheap shots. And the one on Doyle, I believe it was, with the Colts, that was after the Brown hit, that was, I couldn't believe it. Here's a guy with this rep of hurting players, and you're going to allow him to have the same benefits as a guy who got hurt? You think as a member, I, I would have been mad. I'd be beyond mad. I'd be like, you know what, that guy's gone. When the leagues, when the NFLPA starts disciplining their own players, their own members for it, that's when I'll take them serious. If you have another perfect incident out there, you know what? The the NFLPA says, you know what? You're done. You're done for the year for what you did. You hurt another one of our members with a cheap shot. It's happening, right? It happens in hockey. Yeah. It happens in in football. Baseball, when you get a guy throwing at a guy's head, you know? And the the league's protecting, oh, we're going to appeal this. We're going to appeal this. What are you appealing? You're pretty much telling the, the whole, everybody as a fan base saying, you know what? Yeah, we're going to peel it because we don't want this player to be suspended, even though he went out of his way to hurt someone else. And that's where I don't respect the NFLPA. As far as I'm concerned, until they show me that day that they're going to do that, they're all talk. But because we saw on Thursday night, now they want to make the changes? Yeah, let's see you make some changes. I want some real changes. And I don't need Jalen Ramsey coming on, spouting off about his socks being too high and being fine and all this other crap, right? I want the real talk. I want them to talk about what's going on within the NFLPA. What are you going to do to protect you guys as a unit? Are you going to allow you guys to keep going? Are you going to say, you know what? We've had enough. Enough's enough. See, and here's the thing. You and I, we we have compassion. And, and, And I'm sure a lot of those players have compassion. The problem is... The problem is the National Football League has become a multi-billion dollar industry to the point where they don't want to lose any of their sponsors. It's the honest-to-God truth. Not one of them want to lose sponsors. I mean, it's sad I mean, yes, you know, the NFL is the most popular thing in, in the United States. But at the same time, it's also kind of sad of how corporate the National Football League has become. Because it's like, if you do this, you lose a sponsor. Or if you don't do this, you lose a sponsor. Yep. And the players, you know, like you said... They say this stuff, but are they going to back it up? Are they going to really do it? It depends It depends on who in the Players Association is in charge. If you have a firm leader, it will get done. 
it will get done. If you have someone who's nothing more than a yes man, nothing's going to be done. And I remember somebody saying this. It was a it was a quarterback. I don't remember who it was. Maybe you remember when I say it. They were afraid that they would be on the field the day a player lost their head and died from a hit. I can't remember who would say that. It, it was a quarterback. I remember it was a quarterback. I don't remember who. I, I'm, there's like a couple names in my head I'm trying to figure out in my Rolodex. Uh, yes, please, kids, look up what a Rolodex is. Um, but, I mean, the other thing is, you know, the parents of today with young kids, they're delaying their kids from playing full contact football. Like they might let them do flag football, but they they're waiting until their child is older to play football. Like I know one of my nephews wants to play football. He said he wants to do flag football first. And then if he enjoys it, then maybe he'll go into full contact football. Yep. But, I mean... It's, but it's happening in all the sports. Hockey's another one, right? Mm-hmm. You're not... You know, they have the rules in hockey now for all the, the young kids. They have, right? I mean, soccer. You, I don't think you're even allowed to head the soccer ball until you're 16 or 17. Right. Right? There's a lot of these sports now that are saying for the, for the youth. And, I mean, and baseball needs to get on board with this, with the crap I've been reading about how pitchers are being ran out throwing all these innings, young pitchers, throwing curves, throwing sinkers. No, stop it. I'll tell you right now, I am a, I'm a, I'm one of the baseball experts that a lot of my friends know. I've been around the game since I was two years old, pretty much. Change up, fastball. That's all you need to do growing up. Once you get to university, that's when they can start training. Okay, this is what we're going to start doing. You can throw in a slider. You can throw in a curve. You can throw in a sinker. Till then, Fastball, change up. You're blowing out young kids' arms before they even get to college, before they even, while they're being drafted. You know, and if you look at baseball, baseball's taking care of their pitchers. Mm-hmm. Right? As much as we might not agree with them being pulled, sometimes they have these, hey, you're only pitching seven innings today, you're done. I mean, I'll, I'll use a perfect example. Little League Baseball, like the organization they only allow the starting pitchers to throw 85 pitches. Like, that's that is week. the max you can go. Is that, that's in a week? No, like, when they start a game, okay, they, like, the limit is 85 pitches. If, they, if, they're, in a, if they're in, like, an at-bat and they hit 85, they have to finish that at-bat, and then they're done. Yeah. Then they don't pitch for, I think it's like three to five days. Yeah. And it, I would say probably be five days. I mean, in Canada here, it was when I was growing up, we had, there was pitch limits, like for innings. Mm-hmm. You could only pitch so many innings a week, you know? But again, I mean, as long as you're throwing fastballs and changeups, you could throw all day pretty much. Right. 
as soon as it's incorporating these these pitches that you got to throw spin on, you got to throw a curve, you got to throw. I mean, the slider doesn't hurt as much as everything else, but these kids need to develop the arms first. And what's the two greatest pitches that you can have? Fastball, changeup. You can strike out a lot of batters with those two pitches. I mean, I'll tell you that right now. I mean, it's it's just a lot there. And, I mean, obviously the pregame shows tomorrow, they're going to be talking about this. Um, yep. but at 6 in the morning when we get to see the red rifle going up against the Vikings defense? Yeah, uh, about that. <laughs> but... <laughs> Um, while we were talking about, uh, the NFL and concussions, um, uh, some sad news came across and I, and I wanted to read this so everyone, uh, knows about it. Obviously, by the time you guys are listening to this, a a good amount of you, I think are going to know about it. Clashes between supporters of two Indonesian soccer teams in East Java province killed 125 fans and two police officers mostly trampled to death. Police said Sunday, several brawls between supporters of the two rival soccer teams were reported inside the stadium after the Indonesian premier league game ended with Persibaya Surabaya beating Arima Malang three to two. The fights prompted riot police to fire tear gas, which caused panic among supporters, said chief, or police chief Nico Afinta. Hundreds of people ran to an exit gate in an effort to avoid the tear gas. Some suffocated in the chaos and others were trampled, killing 34 almost instantly. More than 300 were rushed to a nearby, ho- nearby hospitals, to treat injuries, but many died on the way and during a treatment. The Indonesian top league, BRI Liga 1, has suspended games for a week following the match and an investigation had been launched, the Football Association of Indonesia said. There have been previous outbreaks of trouble at matches in Indonesia with a strong rivalry between clubs sometimes leading to violence among supporters. All over sports that you don't even play. 127 people. You know, it's going to get to the point where you're going to have no fans in the stands. 127 people. And may those 127 people rest in peace. We don't even know if they're kids. It's possible it's kids. Yep. I, I mean... The thing, uh, it's so hard to explain or to say this, because each sport has their fans, and each sport's rivals are obviously different from others, and some fans take rivalries very seriously. Like in baseball with the Red Sox and the Yankees. Dodgers Giants is worse, I think, than the Yankees Red Sox. Right. Or in in hockey, you know, back in the 90s with the Avalanche and the Red Wings. 
uh, the NBA, the Lakers, and the Celtics, but it was never this bad. Football, you know, the Steelers and the Ravens, the the Eagles and the Giants, the Packers and the Bears. We could go the on and on. The NFL. Cowboys but, and 31 other teams. But, but while you do have fans fighting... In you know either in the stands or out on the streets, which there is a lot of video evidence of that. You don't see them running, trampling other people to death. But when does it happen in an NFL stadium? When you also you have a whole section of a brawl going on and they can't control it, and the ride police come in. I mean, you know. It's going to happen one day. I mean, we've seen where you get a couple of rows going at it. Yeah. Right? And, I mean, again, it's you don't play for the team. You cheer for the team. If Buddy's living off because he had too much, just let him lip off. Now you're being banned from the stadium. They're being banned from the stadium. Probably charged with assault. Possibly manslaughter or murder. Over what? Because John, Jimmy G stepped out of bounds and gave a safety to the Broncos. Right? But, How many TVs have been destroyed when the Cowboys get knocked out of the playoffs every year? But there's the thing. With what has happened in Indonesia, the people who ran over the other, you know, the hundred plus people, they're never going to be charged. They will never no. be charged. They will have to live with the rest of their life feeling guilty you know that maybe i ran over a few people but they're not going to be charged and put you know taken to court whereas you know with the nfl and the and the fans oh they're probably going to go to you know go to court probably serve time or do a sentence or something yeah understand. you see the videos and these guys are recognized and you know you're done and i mean i made a video of it saying to the fans you don't Stop it, right? I, I mean, mean, it's not the 80s and 90s where you can go out there and do your thing, right? The world's changed. I mean, I have friends who are Cowboys fans. And, you know, we we, we mess around when when the commanders and the Cowboys play. Like, we, we mess around with each other. Yeah. We don't end up getting into a fight. That's the thing that I honestly think, you know, uh, with certain rivalries that they take for granted. It's like, oh, if you're a Cowboys fan, you must hate Commanders fans. No, not at all. You know, we get along, actually. I could say that from experience. Or, you know, like Yankees and Red Sox. Yeah, they may hate the teams. But at the end of the day, you know, there may be friends. Yeah. It's just which, some which, people take this crap too seriously. Which brings me to the Buffalo Bills. And here's a shout out to the Buffalo Bills and the fans. After Tua got hurt, there's there's a report that fans started donating to one of the foundations that Tua runs or is associated with. Oh, I have not heard this. Okay. And it was Bills Mafia that were... This has allegedly been reported that Bill's Mafia has started donating money to to one of Tua's foundations in support of Tua. 
All right. And you're talking an AFC East rival. Mm-hmm. So I think it was the Bills fans that donated a couple of years ago when was it the was the it Dalton or somebody? It was the Bengals when when uh, they beat the Ravens for the Bills to get to the playoffs. The Bills started putting money in towards the. I think it was Dalton or who was it? I think I it was Dalton. Yeah, I think it was Dalton. They started donating money to it. You know, that's what that's what we like to see. Right? Mm-hmm. Bills Bill fans are, you know, are exceptions to the rule. I don't think I see too many videos of Bills fans fighting each other. I just see them jumping through tables. Yeah, jump through tables. Right? Which brings me to that idiot from the Miami Dolphins who started a whole row of cars on fire. Oh, yes, that was kind of funny. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, time for the game. (laughs) In a, in a, in a, in a accidental kind of way. (laughs) You know, oh man, gotta love the NFL. I mean, I've been to a few tailgates and and parties, stop New Orleans, have a big opening. You go into the gates, same as Seattle. You can get a beer inside. You got all the fans dressed up quite an experience right i know in seattle they have undercover cops who wear other team's jerseys but i did security for a college football game when i was 19 i had never seen more people drunk in their lives than i did that day (laughs) and this was like three o'clock in the afternoon they're starting to drink the game's at eight o'clock And then you have to frisk people. And then there's this one woman who's like, why don't you frisk me? I have college students. I mean, they have a college section. Yeah, but the woman wasn't a college student. She was like in her mid 40s. They're living her college college days. You know, I mean, it is. You you start drinking, you start tailgating. There's people that get there at seven in the morning. For, for games that in the afternoon for the Sunday nighter. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's, you know, I know in the CFL, we used to tailgate lots, and I've seen some pretty interesting incidents where beer bottles and stuff were thrown between two teams, like the fans, where it got to the point where you could only be in the parking lot till halfway through the first, and you either go to the game or you go home. Because mm-hmm. guys would just get season tickets, get a tailgate spot, and just tailgate all night. Not even go see the game. Right. So they made some changes on that, right? Then everybody was mad. It's like, well, if you're going to the game, don't you want to watch the game? You know? Yeah. I mean, it's, but it is, it's how we, it's interesting how sports has evolved. And we're seeing a lot of videos where fans are fighting each other. And it's carrying on and it, and it all goes back to being compassionate, being nice to the next person beside you, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, same thing with the wife. There's some girl was kicking her a bunch of years ago. It was a Dallas fan. We were sitting in the Hawks nest in Seattle. And I was kindly, I said, you know what? Enough's enough. And some, some big dude that was from the, from the military, from the state said, Hey, the dude said enough, stop kicking. Right. And that guy was a Cowboys fan too. He says, I don't want to see this crap. We're all here to enjoy the game. Did you hear about the other night? at uh, Nationals Ballpark, speaking of fan behavior, there was an incident that took place between a fan and an usher. 
no, I haven't heard that. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So, the Nationals are hosting the Braves. This is Tuesday night. Nationals are losing because we're the worst team in Major League Baseball this year. May have the number one pick coming up. May. It's the bottom of the ninth. The guy moved further down. And a couple of people are telling him, you know, if unless you have a ticket, you can't sit there. So this one usher comes, you know, tries to talk to him. He hits him. And then the fan ends up biting the usher in on his hand before he gets taken out of the stadium. And then, to make this even more crazy, if it hasn't already, the guy who bit the usher is a firefighter EMS for DC, and he was put on suspension. Makes sense. I mean, as a outstanding member of the community in a uh, first responder role, even what you do off off hours, you're still responsible for the the area that you represent. Mm-hmm. Right. And he, and he was suspended before the game, even you know before he had had this incident at the ball game. Huh. So he had a few beers and tried to unwind, and then he no. watched the Nationals lose, and then he just popped the top. And I mean, I mean, it, it hasn't it hasn't been reported that he was drinking. It has not been reported. Okay, so allegedly he might have had a few cocktails. I mean, I don't know. I mean, if you're a Nationals fan, wouldn't you be going the other way? Wouldn't you be like going away from the play? the way that they've been playing like I mean why it's, would you why would you risk everything you have for a team that's last in the NL East last in Major League Baseball it's the ninth inning no one yeah. is sitting there I mean my parents used to do that when the Capitals first started 50 years ago when they were dating each other and there was nobody in the seats and by like the third period They'd be like, everyone could come down to the front seats. Yeah, they wanted to make it look like it was full, and that was acceptable back then. But now, you know, I I don't know. It's <sighs> again. I mean, you are responsible for your actions. At the end of the day, if you're told no, no means no. Thank you. No means you can't go down there. I'm going to sit here anyways. Right. Mm-hmm. It's some. It's just okay. I tried. I failed. I'm gonna go back. Right. But everyone's got this mentality saying, "You can't tell me what to do. I'm going down there anyways." It's these people today who have this mentality of, "You can't tell me no. I'm gonna do what I want to do, even if you tell me no." That's part of the problem with today's society as a whole. Yep. And we're seeing it. We're seeing it day in and day out. We saw it when those Chicago White Sox fans jumped the Kansas City coach. Oh, my God. That was years ago. I remember that. Yep. Like, I saw 
the other day, non-sports related, but I should bring this up. This woman went to a Starbucks and she was mad because I think it was like her food was burnt and she was like cursing the, the you know, the, the cashier out for no reason. A couple other people were trying to help her, but she was being very rude to the both of them. And it's just like, man, you know, <laughs> if, if it was me, she had done that too. Uh, she made it awake the whole time. How about that? Yeah. Wow. But, yeah. That's what they are. I mean, you, I mean, there's a story. I'm not going to tell the whole story, but there's a woman, and I will let you guys look this up yourselves. I will not announce the story, but there's a woman who got kicked out of Tim Hortons who was so mad she might have uh, defecated in a store. <laughs> Well, I'm going to leave it up. If you guys want to look it up yourselves, you can look it up. No, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she she had hey, the brown note special. Pretty much. But as you say, right, we get to fan behavior. We get, and it all comes back to, I mean, yes, support your team, right? Do it the right way. But, I mean, look at it earlier this year, right? A guy, Aaron Judge, I believe, was Aaron Judge, I think, hits a home run in Toronto. This guy catches the ball, gives it to this kid who's wearing an Aaron Judge mm-hmm. jersey shirt. They give him, you know, the kid gives the guy a big hug. Aaron Judge sees it, fights both of them down, right on for batting practice and to meet everybody, you know. Right. And it was, a, and it went viral, and it was a nice thing to see. You know, things like that is what what it is. Now I'm going to call out Craig Council on something. You know, the former manager of the Milwaukee Brewers, because I believe he will be fired. But he had the nerve to say that if you're over 14, you do not bring a baseball glove to a ball game. You know what, Craig Council, last time I checked, I pay for my ticket. (laughs) If I want to bring a glove, I will bring a glove. If I want a visor. If I want to wear a shirt that says F you, Craig Council, I'll wear a shirt that says that. Right? Nothing gives you the right to tell me or the rest of the fans what to do. Why don't you worry about coaching your team that's not going to make the playoffs and you will be fired. You can talk about it on the radio next year all you want about how you don't like it. Say, uh, JC, how many uh, National League pennants have has Craig Council won as manager of the Brewers? Uh, National League pennants? None. How many World Series has he won as manager of the Brewers? None. Until you win one? Shut up. Now, did he win one as a Florida Mar as a as a Florida Marlin? Maybe I don't know. As a player, but yeah, you know what? You don't have the right to sit there and tell. You know what? And say, you know what? In my opinion, I don't think anyone over fourteen should should wear a glove. But the out and out come out and say it should be illegal. Yeah, you got bigger things to work. That's what you're worried about. You're not worried about managing your bullpen. And when you got two of the best starters in the in the game, and you can't even get to the playoffs, I mean, you like, don't have to worry about next year because you will be fired. Like you're fighting for your life right now. <laughs> yep. You have four games to go. As of this recording, and I'm going to pull the standings up. As of this recording, you are tied with the Phillies for the last spot. 
And even if you make it, you're going to play the Cardinals in the opening round. And you'll probably lose those games. And the Phillies have the Astros. I know that coming up. Forget who the Brewers have. But you need to worry about yourself and your team. You know, and I know he got blasted on social media for that. As he should. Yeah. Which brings us into the JC Apology of the Year Award. Oh, my God. I have to apologize to the New York Yankees. I thought the collapse was happening. <laughs> Hearing on the collapse, I was given the, I was give, you know, it was great. And then somehow they turned the ship around for a bit. And congratulations for winning the AL East. You've made it so Bill will never pick the Blue Jays again to win, win the AL East. But I will say, I will say, Congratulations to Aaron Judge. The music is playing. You're being played off. (laughs) (laughs) No, go ahead. Go ahead. But I will say congratulations to Aaron Judge for 61. You know, that poor guy, Frankie Lasagna, missed it. It hit his glove, dropped into the bullpen. That ball is worked. That ball is now worth nothing except to Aaron Judge and who gave it to his mom. He should get the Son of the Year award for that. Yeah, well, there there might be some more. But, no, I will say, you know, when I'm wrong, I will admit that I'm wrong, and Yankees surprised me. But, I mean, hey, man, it's playoff time now. We have- well, I mean, it's like I said to you, like, a hundred times. Until they win in October, I'm not going to take them seriously. You've won your division you more than likely have the MVP of the American League. Now you got to go do the job. Yeah. And if and if you don't do it, it's going to be considered one big failure. And you're going to play the winner of the Guardians and the, whoever the sixth seed is. It could be the Rays, it could be the Mariners, it could be the Blue Jays. Blue Jays. I think whoever goes into Cleveland is going to beat Cleveland. I mean... It's very possible. You know, I mean, and then you look at the other wall, and I like the wild card where you're home for three games. Now, we're talking about this in another group. If Seattle hosts the Toronto Blue Jays, is Seattle going to put a ban that Canadians can't buy tickets? Because you know the invasion will be in Seattle. The invasion. The Canadian invasion comes down every year. If you, if, I'll put it this way, Bill. If you ever get a chance to go down to watch, say, watch a game that doesn't involve the Nationals and you're in Seattle and it's playing against the Blue Jays, you need to go. All right. It is. Me and my dad went, and I will say this right now. It started. They had, they sung the Canadian anthem before anything happens, right? As players are walking out of the bullpen, they start singing the Canadian anthem. So all the Canadian fans stop, start singing, all the Blue Jays stop. You talk to the Blue Jays players, and they're like, this is unreal. I can't believe we could have 20,000, 30,000 fans here cheering for us. Every time a Mariner went to pick off a Blue Jay, all the boos came raining down. They actually made the King's Court when Felix uh, Hernandez was pitching. Mm -hmm. They actually made it so that it it was the smallest section of the year was when the Blue Jays were there. There was no King's Court. 
That's how many Blue Jay fans are there. Now, good to see the Mariners have finally broke that 21-year drought to make it to the playoffs. You know, it's uh, the law. I don't know who owns the longest drought now for playoffs. Um, Got to be some in the NFL. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think. I mean, God forbid, even the Arizona Coyotes made the playoffs a few years ago. Uh, let's see. I'll, I'll look it up. But yeah, I think. Not, I mean, the American League, the races are done now. It's just seeding. And obviously, there's still some important races, right? Who's going to get fourth? You want that fourth seed. All right, let's see. So, oh, here we go. Currently, the team with the longest playoff drought is the Sacramento Kings. Yeah, they're terrible. It has been 16 years since they last made the playoffs. Might be another 16 before they even make the playoffs. Followed by... And this is going to be in order. The New York Jets, Buffalo Sabres, Philadelphia Phillies. Well, the Phillies might be off this list after. Well, we'll, we'll see. The Detroit Tigers, the Los Angeles Angels, the Kansas City Royals, the Pittsburgh Pirates, the Texas Rangers, the Charlotte Hornets, the Detroit Red Wings, and the Denver Broncos. Hmm. Philly would definitely be one that should get off that list. The rest of them could be slumped till next year. Maybe the Jets. Nah, I don't think the Jets will make playoffs. Nah. The Broncos look terrible. Sabres, I think, they, they might. I mean, maybe not this year. Might, but but I mean, this year, I'm talking. This year, does anybody get off that list? The Phillies are close. They're the closest. Yeah. Flyers, no. <sighs> Terrible. They're rebuilding. The Sabres, I, there's something wrong with that organization right now. I don't, oh. honestly, I don't think anyone. The, the, the Phillies are the closest. Yeah. I would say Phillies have the best shot. Then the Sabres. I, I, I've got a feeling something's going to happen with the Sabres soon. And then everyone else can fight for third. No. And I don't think the Broncos are making the playoffs either. Well, if their coach can manage the time, you know. I mean, isn't it not great when the crowd actually starts counting down the play clock? Yes. When you're on offense in your own yep. stadium? Yep. And then when Eli Manning says they should have paid $235 million to their punter. I mean, if Russell Wilson hasn't fleeced, the, that's got to be the biggest fleece in the history of football. The Broncos should make a trade with the Cowboys, trade Wilson for Dak Prescott so you could have a head coach and a quarterback that doesn't know how to control time. That's right. Thank you. Man, 
Oh, man, that'd be terrible. Now, I, I mean, the Raiders are coming in at 0-3. I know we're jumping all over tonight because it's jump all over Saturday night. <laughs> but I, I think the Raiders get their first win tomorrow. I really do. Eh, we'll see. I mean, it's funny how that offense with Wilson, and I mean, I've watched it for years, right? He, it's frustrating to watch. He, mm-hmm. he does some good stuff. He does some bad stuff. You know, but this year it's almost like he's taking a step back. And I don't know, I don't know what to say about it. Yeah. But I, speaking of baseball now, how fair is it that, so you, you've got the Mets and the Braves, right? One team's going to be the winner of the division and get the two spots. Mm-hmm. One team's going to be the fourth team. Right. So now you'll be the fourth. You'll be hosting three games. Now, if you win those three games, and let's say the third team is the Cardinals, and the Cardinals end up losing, let's say to the Phillies, the Phillies are the sixth team. Mm-hmm. Your playoff scene is now going to be one versus four, two versus six. The Dodgers could, well, actually play the Braves, and the Mets could be playing the Phillies. Right. The Brewers. Don't you think there's something wrong? Don't we think that we have to reseed after the first round? You would think that. And there's no one six three this year for games. It wasn't great to watch a few years ago when they had like three games that mattered for tiebreakers all at the same time. Mm-hmm. There is no more of that. I mean, and I will say 17, or was it? Yeah, so you're six teams in the playoffs. I don't know if I'd want to see a seventh anymore. Yeah. I think it takes away from the races that it is, especially in the NL NL and the National League. The American League is sewed up this year. I mean, the Orioles made a a run. Made a great run. Right? The Twins fell apart. The White Sox, which that team was destined to make the playoffs. There'll be changes there. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens. And I mean, I would love to see the Braves and the Dodgers go at it. Mm-hmm. Right? Or the Braves or the Dodgers and the Mets. You know? Yeah. And in the AL, you could have, you'll have the Astros against either the Jays, the Mariners, or the Rays. And then you'll have the Yankees against maybe the Guardians and then, or whoever's the sixth seed. I think with these playoffs coming up, what's going to make this so interesting is you could have a team that is labeled a four, a five, or a six, and they could end up on like this huge run and could just take it all the way to the World Series. Like it, like if someone said to me tomorrow morning, "Hey, I think the Mariners are going to win the American League pennant," I wouldn't doubt them. I think they've got the talent to do it. Or if someone, you know, sends me a message Monday afternoon, going, "Hey, Bill, you know what? I think the Padres are going to make a run, you know, for the National League pennant." You might have a valid argument for all the disasters that's happened with them the last several months. You know, it's just you have to be the right team 
at the right time. That's yeah. really what it boils down to. I mean, okay, I'll, I'll pull up the standings real quick. I mean, we can go on the record. We might, we could probably go on record and say right now the Guardians aren't going to win the pennant. I mean, they got the pitching staff, but they don't have the offense. See, and, and that, I mean, you know, I mean, the Astros could beat the Guardians, you know, hands down. I I believe that, but I don't know I mean, if. Could. I mean, but that's the thing. I mean, this is something that in baseball that we've never seen before in our lives. Right. The six, the six team playoff in each, in each league. Mm-hmm. Where you have six legit teams in the AL. I mean, I am going to exclude the Indians because they play in a weaker division. And just the way I've watched, I've watched a lot of Indian games because it seems to always be on my TV because for some right. reason I'm close Cleveland. I mean, they have the pitching, but if you look at the offense, the offense isn't there. Now, the effort's there. They are 100% a Terry Francono team that runs hard. You run out every play. You do everything you need to do to try to win. They're the youngest team but, in baseball. Yeah, but is that enough to beat the Astros or the Yankees or the Rays if the Rays get the pitch? And are the Mariners, are the Jays? I mean, you're hosting three games in Cleveland where it's going to be like 45 degrees out there. Mm-hmm. And that makes a difference too. I mean, the Astros, as of this recording, have 102 wins. They're probably going to get a few more by the by the time the season ends. They're being the Rays tonight, and then they got the Rays tomorrow, and then they got the Phillies for three, the, I think two or three games. The Dodgers, at the time of this recording, are at 109 wins. Yeah. They're probably going to get a few more. And, they, and they've clinched the whole postseason. They, they, have, yeah. they own home field advantage. But we have seen in the last several years, and I'm excluding 2020 because 2020 was such a weird thing. That I'm 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 going to exclude that year, yep. but we've seen in the last several postseasons in baseball, just because you have the best record, does not necessarily mean you're going to win it at the end. I mean, 2019 is the perfect example. That is the perfect example. When the Nationals beat the Dodgers. Who were hands down the best team in the National League. And then you go, you know, eventually you go to the World Series and you beat the Astros who were like the biggest betting favorite in like 20 years. And you beat them in seven games. Yep. So, I mean... Realistically, I the the only one. If Milwaukee makes it, I don't think they're gonna have a long run. I really don't. Everybody else, I would give a chance. I'd give them a puncher's chance to win it all. To win it all, even the Guardians, even the Guardians, I'd give them a puncher's chance. Bill is jumping on the same on the a on the AL Central just like that one random dude in our poll that picked the Chicago White Sox to win the division when we did our Major League Baseball preview season. Hey, I I had the White Sox going to the World Series this year. <laughs> Boy, was I wrong! 
Well, I'm going to look at mine because I had the Jays, I had the Dodgers. I think I had the Mariners come in first, Astros second. I mean, I, I remember that I had the Dodgers and the White Sox in the World Series with the Dodgers winning it. So me still having the Dodgers winning it is looking good at the moment. So, um, Speaking of baseball, um, going to go a little off topic here, but staying in baseball. I finished earlier this evening a really good documentary that is on Netflix right now, and it is called Facing Nolan, and it's about Nolan Ryan. It's about an hour and 40 minutes, but it's really good. I enjoyed it. I learned a few things about Nolan Ryan that I never knew about. One of which, one of which is that he started as a relief pitcher when he made it to the majors. He was not a starting pitcher. He started out as a relief pitcher for the Mets. Yeah. So check that out. Uh, Facing Nolan is the name of the documentary. Really good documentary. If if you're a baseball fan or a baseball historian like JC and I are, um, just a really good, really good, easy watch. No, I mean, and I love those documentaries where you see these guys who, you know, where you can learn a little bit extra, right? I mean, obviously after the Michael Jordan documentary, we want to see more. I mean, nobody wanted to face Nolan Ryan. I have not had a chance to watch the Derek Jeter documentary. Um, Part of it was because, you know, we were moving. Well, actually, I mean, like, we had moved up, but I hadn't put everything away. So I was too tired to watch the documentary. That's the main reason. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But there was also the fact that I don't like the Yankees. But not because of Jeter. That yeah, damn I think kid, a lot of like the Yankees for what they've done. That damn kid, game one ninety six, you SOB, you ruined my childhood. The O's could have won the pennant that year. Yes. <sighs> this has been my uh, therapy for the week with JC. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, was I off my predictions for baseball. Please tell us. Well, I as I bring it up, I will... Uh, this is what I had in the, in the National League. I had the Dodgers, the Cards, the Phillies, the Braves, the Giants, and the Brewers. Okay, well, you got two of the three for the divisions. Yeah. So you did good there. I don't have the Mets. No. See if the Brewers make it or not, or the Phillies. So I'll I'll get two of those. So I'll want all four. I want the Giants. Did I? I'm gonna I'm gonna look if I I'm gonna look if I wrote down my picks. In the AL, I got the Jays, the White Sox, the Mariners, the Red Sox, the Twins, and the Rangers. And I got two. I'm, I don't think I wrote down my picks when we did them. I mean, I'm finding all these pay-per-view reviews that I've done with DK. 
which you guys can listen to in the archives. <laughs> no, but I do remember I had the yes, White Sox and Dodgers, I believe. Yeah, that was my World Series, and I had the Dodgers winning it. So I do remember that. I think, I, yeah, because, like, I went with the Blue Jays only because you kind of convinced me for the East. And they stumbled a bit. I mean, the Yankees had that hot streak. I mean, it's a kind of a toss-up between the two. Yeah. Now, if you look at it, the Yankees got hot again. The Jays lost some games to the Angels, some other teams they should have lost. But, I mean, they, like you said, the AL, I think, who do you think is going to have a better, who out of the AL or the NL? Which which side is going to have a better playoff interest? Which one's going to be the better games? Ooh. Honestly, I think it's going to be the American League because I think that's more wide open than the National League, where the National League is like maybe two or three teams. The American League, I think everyone has a shot. I mean, you have the Mariners. I mean, to walk it off to clinch was amazing. But also with the National League, and we got to think about this too. We can't count out the, the the Cardinals. We absolutely cannot count them out because they can go on a run. You know, like they've done in the past. Now. Is this run generated because of Albert Pujols? It could be, maybe. Has he energized his team and the fans? I mean, you look back in June, he was nowhere close to getting the 700. No, nowhere. Like, you know, if you play one more year, you'll get to 700. And then he must have woke up one day, ate his frosted flakes, looked at the newspaper and went, I think I'm going to start hitting bombs again. And to see him hit 700, now he's at 701. I mean, truly, between him and Judge, I mean, how can you not? I mean, you look at Bonds and McGuire and Sosa, which we can discuss all day, whether they should be in the Hall of Fame, whether they should be real records. But look at Pools, right? He did it without cheating. Judge did it without cheating. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's great to watch. And I mean, and we, and we got to see the watch, right? They put, I mean, they keep putting Judge on during college football every time. Today, yeah. Which was kind of funny. Like, I didn't really care because it didn't affect me. You know, it was like, oh, are we actually going to see it? And it's like, nope. And to all the Yankee fans who are like, why don't the Blue Jays walk the walk? Why don't they pitch the judge? Uh, The one game, there was four counts that were full, three and two. What do you want to do? Just give give them a one on a silver platter so they could lose? They're battling for a home field advantage. Mm-hmm. And I actually read some Yankee comments, and one lady actually said, the Blue Jays are cheating. It should be illegal to intentionally walk Aaron Judge. I'm like, eh? I mean, don't you have to have the balls to walk Aaron Judge below the bases in the top of the 10th and then win it in the bottom of the 10th? Isn't that part of baseball? Because you don't want the best hitter to beat you? Yeah. Like, I, I just had to shake my head. And then she's like, as people are commenting, you're a troll, I'm going to block you. You're a troll, I'm going to block you. I'm like, 
Maybe you just block yourself from baseball forever. Don't even know the rules. And then you have, then you have Stephen A. Smith saying, pitch to you. I'm like, you know what? You guys don't know anything about baseball. It's, it was starting to make me actually pretty mad. Mm-hmm. Right? You think that if the Nationals were in that spot that they would just serve one up to judge? No. Well, no. But no. And especially when you have full, well, like I said, they had, I think you had four full counts, three and two. What are you, what are you supposed to do? Mm-hmm. Right? It's careful to them. You don't want them to beat you. Like, my God, people are just, oh. You know, like, I, I will personally buy anyone who is that dumb. I will personally buy you the Baseball for Dummies book. To tell me that it should be illegal to intentionally walk Aaron Judge. Oh, I, it's amazing. I mean, you work in the school system. Has it really been watered down that much? I mean, it's not the kids that I worked with. It's the older ones that passed a long time ago that kind of got dumb. (laughs) I I know. Right. I, I don't know what to say about that. It's like, geez, you know, it's sports. You still want to try to win your games, right? Mm-hmm. You're not going to serve something up to them. And how is it that a record time baseball is going to be worth more than a record breaking baseball? Well, we haven't had the record breaking baseball no. yet. No, no. But you know, what I mean, I mean, there's like that that ball can be worth more than the than the McGuire ball. Mm-hmm. Or the bonds ball. I'm like, how? You tied the record. That's sec- you tied it. You you did not break it. Right? Isn't the whole point of a record is to break it, not to tie it? Uh, see, the thing, the thing is, and 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 because you and I, we lived through McGuire Sosa. Oh, and it was great. It actually, I mean, as much as they're cheating, it brought baseball up from after the strike in 94. It brought baseball back to the forefront. You and I lived, well, actually, a lot of us lived through Bonds and, or not Bonds, but McGuire and Sosa. And a lot of us lived through Bonds' chase. And this is what the people don't get. Those pitchers, they don't want to be the ones that end up in the record books saying, I was the guy that gave up home run number 62 to Aaron Judge or 70 to Bonds and McGuire. They don't want that. That's why they're intentionally walking these people. Yeah. And if you go back to the game against the Blue Jays in the first game of the series, John Snyder walked Judge because he didn't want to get beat by him. And then Rizzo grounds out to end the inning. Guerrero hits a game when he hit in the bottom of the tent to win the game. And if you're the telling only... me that it should be illegal, all the rest of the stuff, then you might as well not even keep score and we have fun for 162 games and everybody makes the playoffs. The only time that you should intentionally walk a batter is when they're in a position to where they could win the game for the other team. 
But this no. is an exception. This is an exception because this is an individual who is one home run away from having the American League record, which is a legitimate record, and to a lot of people is going to be the home run record for them. Yeah, and it will be the home run record for everybody. I mean, and if, okay, now the Orioles are out. Do you pitch the judge tomorrow? Or say it's the last game of the season, does Judge take a break? Does or do you just have him keep swinging the bat and have a chance of him getting hurt coming in the playoffs? If I'm the Yankees, because you have four games left. Yeah, they got the Orioles tomorrow, and then they got Texas, and that's and Tech and yeah, so they're at home against Texas. Here's if I'm Aaron Boone who I thought would have lost his job a couple months ago. So again, I, I, I guess here I owe an apology to the Yankees fans for saying that. I let him stay until he gets his home run. And then once he has his home run, once he has hit 62, I am like, you're done. I'm saving you for the playoffs. You can be yeah. mad at me all you want. I need you to win us a world title. Okay. But what about now? Here's my question to you. Momentum as a hitter, because you're going to have you're going to have a few days extra off because you got to yeah. now to a, a buy helps. Let's say a four game series in hockey, you sweep, you get a chance to rest. Right. It's a big team game. I think a four game sweep in hockey doesn't matter much. But in baseball, it's a lot different story Or you sat now for a week. Now you're going to get amped up. Your crowd's going to be amped up. How much of a difference does that make? Now, if you give Judge an extra two or three days off, let's say he hits 62 tomorrow, mm-hmm. don't you still need him in the lineup just for his timing? They maybe hit a couple? Maybe. Right? Baseball is a momentum game. And you got Seattle battling for fourth. You got Toronto battling for fourth. You got the Rays battling for fourth, right? They're not taking a break. They get two days off, then they fire up next on this Friday coming up. And then they go to Houston or New York, already playing a few extra games. Now, yeah, New York and the Astros will have their bullpen set up, right? You're going to have Verlander start and Cole start. Yeah. But you haven't pitched in over a week. You haven't hit in over a week. I mean, it's one thing to hit off a batter or, you know, and BP, but now your game situation, does it, does, well, these buys have a, an effect on, on your team. Well, I mean, we've never really had this situation before. So my answer to that is let's see what happens. I mean, let's say the Dodgers, Astros, Yankees, and uh, Metro Braves. Let's say come the, come the, the, uh, uh, the divisional series. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, all four of those teams get knocked out. You think there'll be discussion about the buys next year? Maybe. They can't say much because they have the rule in place. But, I mean, I mean, it's one or the other, right? Should a first-place team face an eighth-place team and maybe they get swept? Or do you have a buy and get swept? It's going to be interesting to say 
right? I mean, if you got a team like the Jays coming rolling in hot, and they keep going through the through the wild card, and now you're playing in in Houston, mm-hmm. right? There's a good chance that the Jays could end up being the Astros, yeah, or the Mariners, right? And it's and baseball is a tough game to get back up and ramp up and get back to where you're going. I mean, look at the players who are hurt, and they're like, "Well, we don't know. He could be healthy, but." He still needs to get his swings in. Yeah. There's no more minor league to go down and swing and play rehab games. Come playoff time. Right. We're in hockey. Oh, yeah, he's been hurt for two weeks. We'll put him back out there. Then a couple shifts. It's, you know? Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a very interesting. I mean, I'm excited to watch it. I think for the first time, we're actually going to see. You know, we're going to see some inter- we're going to see some good baseball. Right? The wild card with one game was kind of a eh, what do you do? Right. That's basically game 163. Yep, pretty much. I mean, we saw some interesting games where teams lost and teams won and I mean, the one I remember the most is when the Blue Jays played the Orioles and Zach Britton never pitched a pitch that game. And the bomb and- and now he's on the 60-day IL for the Yankees. Yes, because he tweaked something. Yep. Right? And then they have Chapman, who they don't know if he's right. And you look at the rest. I I can't. I'll, I'll tell you right now, man. Friday can't come quick enough. <laughs> you know, I love playoff baseball. As much as it takes five hours and you can have two or three naps. You can cook a brisk. You could have a pig roast in the ground for two days and you come back, it's in the eighth. <laughs> you know, we love playoff baseball. Now, before we um, wrap this up, un- unless you have another topic, because I can't really, I-, I have one more that I do want to talk about, but. Uh, I mean, we got hockey coming up, but we'll discuss that later. Right? Yeah. We have. Uh, I think we have some golf, but again, golf is kind of on a weird note right now. There's no more horse racing. Well, I mean, they're they're still racing horses. Still racing, I mean, the Breeders, the Breeders' Cup is about five weeks away, but yeah. that's not. Um, I wanted to bring this up real quick because uh, last night, and it was reported that Antonio Inoki passed away, and. I'm sure some of you are saying, who the hell is Antonio Inoki? Well, there's two reasons why I brought him up. The first one is he was a very influential wrestler in Japan. Very influential. Like, he ended up working in the government of Japan. That's one thing. The other thing that he is most noted for outside of wrestling or you know outside of the wrestling community is he had the famous exhibition match fight whatever you want to call it with Muhammad Ali back in 1976 yep, yep. and if you the stories are so unique because it's like if you look at it from a sports perspective, like boxing, you know, all these other sports, 
it's kind of the forerunner for what would become MMA, mixed martial arts, that is popular today. But if you take it from a wrestling perspective, it's a bomb. It was a failure because it was being, you know, closed circuit streamed all over the United States. And financially, it kind of bombed. Now, a little over a year ago, I did a special recording of myself and my nephews watching that fight because last year was the 45th anniversary of that fight. And I had never seen that fight before. Like, I've heard about it. I'd heard about it for years, but I'd never seen it. So I was like, all right, I've, I've got to see this. I've got to see what, you know, what the commotion is about. Is it as bad as everyone makes it out to be? I, I believe the fight is on YouTube. I'm going to look it up real quick. Um, but if you want my opinion of Anoki versus Ali, it's not as bad as everyone makes it out to be. It's not terrible. It's not the worst thing that's ever happened. It can be boring at times. I will admit it. It can be boring at times. But if that does not happen, and we could go into the po- you know the politics of that fight another time. If that fight does not happen, there is no MMA. There is no UFC. No Bellator. No strike force you know it doesn't become a thing yeah so what i will ask our listeners to do after you're done listening to this show and if you're not at work or even if you are at work or at school go to youtube watch the fight and judge for yourself if you think it is as bad as everyone has made it out to be because honestly, I don't think it's as bad. Yeah, I've seen snippets of it. I should watch the whole thing. And what I might do is, because I still have the audio file of the of, of our commentary for that, for us watching it, I might put it up on um, that wrestling show on the feed there tonight or tomorrow so everyone can listen to our so yeah but just wanted to i just wanted to mention that before we um wrapped up the show here today oh and the only thing i can think of is when does when does antonio brown go to jail or go to a mental hospital oh my lord yeah it's definitely the concussions we started the show with concussions we're ending the show with concussions because uh, he showed his, uh, Antonio Brown to some women in a pool in Dubai. Which I'm surprised it hasn't been arrested for yet. See, I was thinking about that. Like, could he get arrested in Dubai for that? Yeah. Yeah. There's still a different, there's still a, 
they still have their their rules, right, and their laws. Mm-hmm. You know, like it'd be interesting to see what happens. I mean, when when we all heard it, it's like what what's going on over there, right? And then, I mean, he's obviously gone off the deep end, and like you say, we'll start with concussions, we'll end with concussions. That's a perfect picture of what happened. Where the league didn't protect him. Yep. And protected the guy who hurt him. Players Association. Didn't protect him. And to this day, it was that hit that made him go off his rocker. Yep, he's uh, never been the same since. And, I mean, we all watched that playoff game because that was the Bengals' chance to actually win a playoff game. And then perfect. Best chance. The best chance they had. Yep. Perfect comes up, takes out Brown in what was one of the most hideous hits I think we've all seen in the new NFL. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't long after that he, that he was that perfect was gone from the Bengals. But now you're seeing the effects of it. And this is why we're saying, when does it come to the point that PA defends the player who got hurt, not the defender or not the guy who hurt the player? Well, I mean, let's be perfectly honest. That hit cost the Bengals that game. Yep. Because they were going to win that game. Yep. And you know what? You hit the guy around... The waist, around the legs, it's a different ball game. You're winning that game. But you went head-to-head. And that cost the Bengals. And I got Bengals fans that are friends of mine. And they all agree. And look how long it took them to get back. Yep. Took them a long time. But they made it to the Super Bowl, so... I guess there's something to look positive at. Yeah, and that's the thing, right? You never know. I mean, I mean, look at the the Mariners, right? Twenty one years, they have the most wins in the history of the Major League Baseball. Twenty one years later, they're in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be. Uh, I mean, we could go through the history of a bunch of stuff about how a team that. Lost whether it was a legal hit or a no goal or something along that line, that they haven't made it back. Yeah, because you make it in your first or second year doesn't mean you'll make it within 12, 13 years from now. You might never see the playoffs again as a player, especially in the NFL. It's true, and that's where we come down to the fact of we see it now where some players are acting. Would he act that way if it wasn't for the for the hit? I mean, it gets to the point now with Brown. It's like you know what? I mean, Brady tried to help him. Everybody's tried to help him. He's on his own. And when does the state or somebody actually step in and help him? Or when does when the NBA step in and help him? You know, when it's too late. Yeah, and it will be too late. And I fear that one day we're going to read a story about Antonio Brown, who, who's dead at whatever age he's at now. Right? Yeah. 
we don't want to see that. I mean, the guy was, I think, a six-round draft pick. Mm-hmm. We ended up having a great could time. could be in the Hall of Fame. Could be. I don't think he will be with his the way he's been acting. I, mean, I, well, know, I said could. So. Yeah, and I know it's because of the concussions and the way he's acting, the way he's called out other players. I mean, things like that. I don't think he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Which is sad to see. He was one of the one of the best wide receivers that we saw in our in our generation. Mm-hmm. Right, the last bunch of years. So <sighs> sad to see, I guess. Yep. And that's where the and that's where the PAs of hockey and baseball and football need to get together and start protecting the players who've been hurt, not the not the offenders. So Well, on that note, let's uh, wrap it up here. You guys can join our Facebook group. It is the JC and Bill Sportscast, where we have over 300 members in our group. So come and join us for some good, wholesome fun. And you can follow us on Twitter. JC Bill Sportscast is where you can find us. Thank you all for tuning in for another episode of the JC and Bill Sportscast. We'll talk to you all again real soon. You guys have a good night. Have a good weekend. Have a good weekend.